0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek, show number 444, recorded on May 7th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation—all for the average tech guy. I'm your host Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average studios here. And Mike, I think winners, maybe trying to inch its way back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the lawn show today, but. It's a little chilly out. There. I got a hoodie on. It's kind of chilly, right? A little chilly and a lot of rain. We've been so used to this
1: uh, gorgeous sunny weather and we've had a lot more rain lately. But uh it's you still can't complain when you're, you know,
0: above 50 degrees I guess at this time. No. Yeah, I know. It's it's not bad. Dave, been chilly and rainy for you? Have you guys gotten much?
2: It has been. It's been really off and on and we got uh, freeze warnings for oh. tomorrow night and a little snow
0: coming. So. <laughs> wow. Well, it's been a while since we've done snow this late in the year. Yeah. I mean I remember a May 1st snow. Uh but I can't remember one that that this late. Well, nobody there's no there's no uh planes flying around above so the the right. the uh, the atmosphere is getting a little bit cooler. Maybe of course uh speaking of cooler we will have some cool show notes. I don't know Dave what I'll bring over from your show notes cuz they're pretty amazing but we post we'll post a show out at the Don't forget you can join us live on the mobile app each and every week. Get it at homegadgetgeeks.com, Android, iPhone, download it. You can have it for free, best way to listen when you're on the road, when we get back on the road, maybe. You can have that, or walking around the neighborhood, walking the dog, doing the chores, mowing the lawn, in this case, out pulling the weeds, trimming the roses, whatever you're going to do out there. Throw those earbuds in and listen to us uh, and stream the show each and every week. Don't uh, don't forget to follow the show schedule, too. I've actually got that going on Eventbrite, so theaverageguy.tv.eventbrite.com can see up to date what's coming up. Mike and I are here next week. No, Rich Hay is here next week. And then Mike and I have a show uh, coming on. And then Chris Nessie from last week is going to show up as well the week after. So if you want to know that, go out to the theaverageguy.tv. Um, yeah, theaverageguy.eventbrite.com and get that done. While you're out at theaverageguy.tv, head, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe. Newsletter is back up and running again. I'm setting it out on a mostly weekly schedule, kind of is what I'm saying. So if you want to hear from me on a weekly basis, just know what's coming out on the show, what's coming ahead. Subscribe to the newsletter, and we'll do that as well. Big uh, thanks to Brian Friedlander and Nathaniel Endley last week who joined us uh, for that conversation around how COVID has affected the education system. And Mike, we went for an hour and a half. Uh, I thought it was, it was really good. And I appreciate those guys for doing that, bringing it. Like we we had scheduled Chris Nessie to be on. He lost power that night. So... We're going to have him back on to, to share that here in a couple weeks, but appreciate those guys both coming back. Dave, we're going to do a little, before we dive into the lawns, you can't really talk good lawn care unless you talk a good beer pour, right? I mean, mowing, right? mowing, mowing lawns and beer go together. We normally do this in the pre-show, but I thought I want, I want to bring it into the regular show on a regular basis. It's kind of just what we're drinking uh, and what we're doing in the evening. Um, I've gone, because we're out uh, you know, Andy Coffee sent us some beers and we went five weeks on those and we're out. Hint, hint. I'm just saying, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, <laughs> if you want to send some emergency beer. Mike, I'm fully back to the emergency beer supply. I still
1: laugh that you are back on Bud Light. <laughs> And I left the year calling it the emergency beer supply. I think that's oh, become your new favorite beer and you just don't want to admit it. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I know. Gonna, no, it's not. <laughs> it's
0: not. Dave, uh give us your your opinion of Bud Light. What, what do you think? Do you yes, no? Oh yeah, no, it's it's yeah? I mean, that's fine. Beer uh Bud Light, Coors Light. I like a good Miller light. Any Oof, can't do Miller. Any 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 beer. In, any choice. The, any e- American beer. I'm I'm yeah. good with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking, Mike? Uh, I went with the uh, Kugel's Summer Shandy oh, today. That's, that's a good summer start. That
1: refreshing beer. I know. Yeah. It's the first one I've had uh, this year. It's always a good first beer. I'm not, I'll admit, I don't drink it as my normal beer all the time. Um, it, it almost gives me dry mouth a little bit. I don't know why. For some reason, the stuff in there just, man, I'm like, oh, I need like water while I'm drinking my beer, uh, which obviously when you drink Bud Light, you don't have that problem because it pretty much <laughs> is water. Wow, the rules have reversed. I'm not even making fun of it because I like it, but someone's got to knock it. And when
0: it's not uh, you, I don't know what to do. Well, you uh, went from Mac to PC. I can go from, from yeah. only craft beer to Bud Light. So Right, right. Yeah. yep, Yeah, it is good. Um, actually, Bud Light Lime is one of my favorite when I'm running. And after the run, a, bud, a good Bud Light line for whatever is just super mm. refreshing. And so I've enjoyed that. Dave, when you're out mowing, we're going to talk about lawn care here in a sec. When you're out mowing, you come in, do you, you, you like a cold beer when you're, oh, yeah. when you're doing oh, that? Yeah.
2: Definitely, you got to have a cold beer after you do some, uh, yeah. some yard work. And the, the typical American way to do drinking beers in the lawn is a nice lawn chair, you know, a couple of cold ones, and a sprinkler going. Yeah. You drink a beer you move the sprinkler
1: <laughs> you drink a beer you move the sprinkler right that yeah is a dad dream right there oh, just, just complete dad, dad, dad mode day. engaged with some jean short shorts and some white uh you know white <laughs> green screen new balances or green stained new balances oh,
0: that's the dream man that's we've, we've pulled it all out all the stops out for, yep. for tonight okay. yeah yeah it's i've um i've kind of moved all my, I, I, it's mostly evenings that I enjoy beer. I don't, I'm not really, I still feel weird about if I, you know, if I pop one open at two or three for whatever reason, still a little too early for me. And that's just a, that's just a me thing. But I know, I know there's some folks that uh, on the weekends all the way. Well, if you want to send us your beer for us to try, you can do that. Send, send me an email, Jim at TV Well, or show, well, I'll show you how to do that. Or we've got the discord group going where we've got to, we have a beer channel. I think. And that's really for us to try beers. Mike, you and I, this weekend, will figure something out, figure something locally that we can get distanced that we, you know, you can get you're close to you. I'll get close to me and we'll have those for the show.
1: next. Yeah. Week. So far it's only Justin Simmons and bust out who have posted over there. So uh, yeah, there's the beer channel now in the discord. So go there and at least just list out your, uh, your favorites so we can have, we can have a list. We can start just going through all summer.
0: Yeah. We should have somebody deliver it to us. Oh, you know, or something like that. Get get one of the local breweries that's doing. I don't know if they do delivery. Maybe we'd have to curb We'd probably have to go pick it up. Yeah, I would think. Dave, have you gone out and picked up? Have you done a lot of carry out? during We the do. Stuff?
2: Yeah, we try to. Um, we try to do it. Actually, we've done it a lot. To be honest with yeah. you, Yeah, good. I'm, you know, I'm. Good. I'm tired of eating groceries. I want to eat <laughs> restaurants. You know. <laughs> tired.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well we, we we haven't probably done it as much as we should have or could have. We we've been cooking a lot in in, in the house, so it's been good. Um I've also taken to composting as we're talking about the lawn. So, you know, as we're cooking cooking fresh, we've we've kind of gone to some composting and especially the coffee grounds, and those are really great for the yeah. for the lawn. Uh, so we've been, we've been composting those. Well, um, after the last show, Dave, we just had you on a few weeks ago. It wasn't, it wasn't very long ago. And you and I got talking about something and then you, you, you started writing the, a, a book on, on what you're doing there. I think I said something to you about, Hey, what are you doing on your lawn? You're talking I about did, measuring yeah. temperatures, yeah, things it was like that. show,
2: you're like, "All right, thanks, good night." Yeah. You hit stop, and we just—I mean, we should probably chatted for thirty minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we should do a launch show. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Yeah," but it'll probably take me, you know, a couple of weeks to write those show notes, and you know, yeah,
0: you know, I texted you the next morning. Is
2: like, "Done, <laughs>
0: ready, yeah, <Next> week? <laughs> yeah." Well, it's a good—it's a good week to talk about it because, or a good time of the year to talk about it. May, at least here we're in the Midwest. In the United States, uh, cool season grasses are, are really what's kind of what survive and thrive in our environment. We get a lot of snow in the winter. We get really cold temperatures. We get a lot of really hot temperatures uh, in the um, in the summer months, and and so we have these cool season grasses that grow that grow really well out here: fescues and bluegrass. The um, a lot of times, Dave, this time of year is just the best time to be a lawn guy because you can almost not try and it looks really good, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, your lawn's looking good. Now you've been trying, we're going to talk about that here in a second, but it's that shock for a lot of people. They get out there and they're like, oh, my lawn looks so good. And then, you know, June comes and we start seeing some 90s to 95s here in the Midwest. I know our friends down in Arizona and Southern California, they're already seeing those temperatures, but here, at least here in this part of the Midwest, boy, that, that summer comes on and it really separates the men from the boys right That's and right. during the summer yeah. months springtime everyone's a lawn genius because the yard is doing
2: the yard is doing the work for us right it's taken all of those nutrients that it stored all winter long and it knows this is mother nature i've got to grow as much as possible and establish roots and then hope for the best
0: when the summer heat hits right? yeah yeah, well, and the the weeds the weeds are out this time of year as well. Dandelions are in full effect. Yeah. I told I told my daughters we were walking the other day that dandelions have won the evolutionary game of of you know of propagating because they're everywhere and you never get rid of them. And and I, if if we could just learn to like them for what they are, and I could grow a whole yard full of dandelions, I think, I think I'd, I'd could be the find winner. Some
2: way that they would like cure cancer,
0: right? <laughs> and we'd just all grow dandelions. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Well, you put in a pool, uh, you put in a pool and you put in a pool house and that kind of tore up some yards. So kind of walk us through from that pool install. You had a lot of things to fix. I was there. I saw the they had run over a bunch of stuff. I think they broke some of your sprinklers in the process. Yes. Yeah. Give us give us the lowdown on your on that on that install.
2: That's what started my evolution because we had the pool done and it's it's in the backyard and there's no way to get to the backyard except through the front yard and through the side yard and and that's all the digging equipment and all the concrete trucks for the the pool deck and we also put in a pool house and i i don't know where if you can see it right here that's the outside lights for people on video on the pool house and just doing all of that work created a compaction zone in part of my front yard my side yard and my backyard were all of those concrete trucks they didn't pump it from the street they actually had all these huge trucks driving over the yard and in some spots they laid down limestone rocks and it's the worst thing for a yard is a rock in the middle of your yard your know, grass will not grow it's a It's like a little mirror radiating heat all around it and nothing will grow. It just kills it. So that's really what set me on this goal of working in the yard and kind of taking things onto myself. And I'll tell you, my goal is what I call the American way. And that has changed over the years. But mine is a trimmed lawn, edged sidewalks, edged driveways, grass looking good, beds with nice pretty mulch that's edged and flowers growing and bushes growing and trees it you know it's i don't know if it's like ned flanders or if it's way too manicured but that's what i'm going for that's that's my way i know there's organic ways to do it and i try to do it the best way i can i try to do it with positives and not negatives you know not a lot of chemicals yeah so
0: what do you feel like you have some neighborhood pressure For for what I mean, you live in a nice neighborhood, and everybody's got right manicured lawns, and I'm sure they're hiring guys services to come out and do that for you. And there's a little bit of pressure, just to why not just hire the lawn guy?
2: Yeah, everybody everybody cuts uh, has uh, professional lawn cuts around me. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those neighborhoods, right? It's Mm -hmm. there's a big HOA, and um, you know maybe it's I don't know. I don't even know how to describe the neighborhood, but it's the type of neighborhood that hires things out, right? Mm -hmm. They take their shirts to the dry cleaning. When they come home in the evening, they bounce the kids on their knee while someone else mows the yard. And that's, I've never hired out my mowing, but I have hired out my fertilizing. Mm. And so that's where I kind of got into this rebuild period after this pool went in. The pool went in and we had a landscape company the landscape company was actually in charge of laying out the landscape with the pool and making up all the engineering drawings. And they actually did the engineering drawings for the pool house. I have a pool house that has a shed for all of my tools and my mower and uh, all all that kind of stuff. And there's also an attached bathroom. So hopefully no kids are, you know, peeing in the pool. They can go to the bathroom and and do their business there. So this landscape company promised me, they said, we're going to leave you better than you are now. Right. And so I was like, it's great. I'm just going to let them handle it. They're, they're saying they're going to plant these bushes and these rose bushes and these trees. Perfect. Just get it done. Leave me better than what I look like now. And needless to say that didn't happen. That, um, there was certain environmental variables about when they were doing the job, when the job was finished. Mm. Because while while the job is going on, there's no chemicals being put down. There's no pre-emergence being put down. The crabgrass, the weeds, everything just exploded. Now I could have done some things different. I probably should have taken on, you know, the other half of the yard myself. Mm. So mm-hmm. it didn't look awful. And mm-hmm. I just kind of embraced it and said, I'm just going to mow it down. And then when it's done, we'll fix it up. So they created a mess. And what I did is I hired a chemical guy. I said, I, I need help. I need help to dig out of this mess. And I needed expertise. And so this is kind of where I, um, when we start talking about DIY versus hired, and uh so you have a couple of options. You can do upkeep yourself. Now I'm assuming everyone listening to this show everyone out there in your cars right now let's just nod, right? <laughs> you got this. We're going to edge, we're going to mow, we're going to trim, we're going to blow, right? Those are cool tools. If you don't have a backpack blower yet, that's <laughs> one of the coolest tools ever that you can have. Now some guys don't have a big enough yard, right? Some guys have those little patches you don't maybe you don't need that the other the other two are fertilizing and weed control. Well, now those two are harder, right? So what I'm what I'm saying is there's no there's no harm in hiring that out, fertilizing and weed control. But I would say if you're gonna hire that out, let's look for a guy that's a local guy working in his pickup. He's got that. He's got his pickup with the two tanks in it, and he's got his spreaders, right? But I know you guys have seen, like, True Green Chemlon, mm-hmm. you know, those national companies like yep. that. Yep. I'm going to say, let's steer away from those guys. They kind of teach folks how to put the chemical down. Well, that guy driving around in his pickup, he knows what the chemical can do, right? He knows exactly what to put down what date to put it down, how much to put it down. He's that kind of guy you want, that local chemical guy. And he's probably going to charge you a little bit less. So I would say let's look for some someone like that instead of one of those big companies.
0: Yeah. Mike, where do you fit in uh, Dave's, Dave's world here? Well, I, I, uh,
1: <laughs> for the past three years, I've hired it out. But I've always wanted to learn enough only because I haven't wanted to invest the time to learn about when to do it. Because I think they come out, I want to say six to eight times a year for six to eight applications. You know, they they decide when it's the right time. They come out and do it. Um, it's a local company to Omaha. I use Heartland Lawn here, and I've been super happy with them. I have not seen a single weed in my yard for three years. Um, so they have been absolutely amazing. But uh, if it turned into, because, I mean, it's not cheap right? That chemicals, it can get expensive. I think it's 60 bucks an application and they're out six to eight times a year. Um, So it's, it's not cheap, but if I could learn how to do it and if Dave gives me the confidence and says that you can do it, it's not hard. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. I want to hear, I I want to learn. I'm here to absorb.
2: It's obviously more for my yard. I'm, I'm pushing almost, uh, what? 20 to 22,000 square feet of manicured lawn space. And man, when you start adding up the bags of stuff, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. So the smaller the lawn you have, that's good. I think about a $60 a month fee. I mean, that's hard. That's hard to beat, honestly. So I think um, you're really going to have to want to do it to beat that price, especially if he's doing good. I'm thinking if you have a reason, yeah, then let's jump over. But the reason that I did is I asked My company said, I need to uh, aerate my yard because we've compacted this clay. I need to overseed and aerate. And the bills for those were going to be upwards in the $600 range. Mm, And I was like, "Wow, there's just no way. Yeah, There's no way I can go rent, you know, an aeration machine, which I've done many times. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of at the point where I said, you know, I'm kind of getting what we, my wife and I call the big house tax. So when they roll up to a big house, they're thinking, okay, yeah, you know, my bill just doubled, really. So, Mike, you can save money in the long run if you take over your hired service. And the first thing you can do since you've been hiring it out is you just gather up all your receipts and just see what they've been doing. Now, if they haven't told you what they're doing, you can ask them, what did you put down and when? I know you have all the dates, but sometimes those guys, when they put the hanger on the door after they're done, they've said exactly what they've done. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, Hey, this down, is what we
1: put down. We put it down because of this. It's actually a pretty educational sheet. Exactly. It'll tell you, you know, stay off the lawn. You need to water this in 48 yep. hours from now. Don't water it, whatever it is. So I didn't even think about that, about utilizing what they're, they're giving me the playbook. If, I can do it myself. Didn't
2: write down exactly what the chemical was, you will know just by doing a little bit of work saying, okay, they came out March 1st or April 1st, and they put down a pre-emergent. Well, there's like two of them they can do, right? So you know what they're doing and when they're doing it. And then they probably did maybe a late May, early May, maybe 1st of June. Yep. They just boost. came out actually a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. So early May they maybe they do a little boost of a small uh fertilizer to get you into summer nice and positive. So you've got all of that. So just gather it all up. You've uh, you will you will save money in the long run if we can get you to that point. Okay? So there's a couple of things we need to do first, guys, and when I go through, when I'm going through my list and I'm trying to get everybody to do the right things first, I'm going to try to sneak in some tech because I know we're a tech podcast. I'm a tech podcast, but it it's kind of hard with some of this, right, because some of this is like it's a lawnmower and a sprinkler. There's not much tech to that, but we can try to get it in in uh, a few areas here and there. Yeah, so I think there's there's actually a little more than we think
0: w- yes. to it now.
2: Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. some
0: of these lawnmowers, Jim, I mean, you really can geek out about lawnmowers. You mower. can't. Well, you just water in your lawn, you can add some tech. So, yeah. I mean, it, just knowing what's going on. And, and let's not get into weather stations. We won't even talk about that. Tonight, oh, that's but, the fun stuff. Yeah. No, right. We, will, so,
2: we will talk about that. And if, if Jim, if we start g- getting into midnight and we haven't finished <laughs> this podcast... <laughs> Yeah, we can always do. I can. We'll, throw we we'll part of it two on in a reset. couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, of that'd be like reset. a a crossover podcast. that'd be pretty great. There we yeah. Go. All right. Sounds good. Well, what
2: do we need to consider, Dave? What are some? Okay. So the first thing we got to do is we got to find out what zone you're in. We have to know some information first. I want you to know what zone you're in, and you can just Google lawn zones. And figure out which one you're in, right? If you guys have seen that map across the United States with the colors and you know you're you're up at the top. You guys are at the top, so you're probably
0: do I even have the I think map we're four. Or, I think we're in zone three, four. four. Okay. I've
1: so. never seen this map. This is all
0: new information oh, to me. Yeah, no, there's a there's a growing zone map that oh, you okay. can go to. Yeah, just just Google what's my growing zone and it'll tell you exactly what. And then all the plants you buy, the grass you do, all that stuff's governed by the zone. Yes. Okay.
2: It tells you the, the big one is what we're fighting right now is when is your last frost, right? When can you put those tomato plants out on the back porch? And uh, for Indiana, it's about May 10th and we're about to get one, you know,
0: tomorrow. It's pretty tomorrow close night. though. That's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about that, that's that zone is the kind of the latest possible frost. And this year for you guys, that's probably going to be true.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> the second one is probably the hardest one for the beginning lawn care guy. And that's what kind of grass do you have?
1: That's another good question.
2: That is one that you can probably find when you first interviewed that chemical guy. Maybe he didn't even say anything. The northern zones, you guys, I mean, what we have are the fescues, um, We have perennial ryegrass. We have Kentucky bluegrass and fescues. You know, those guys down south, they got the, they got crazy stuff, zoysia and bluegrass and, you know, the completely different world almost and what you do with your grass. It's, it's completely different. So you can't like watch a YouTube video of a guy in Florida, you know, (laughs) telling you how to take care, you know, and when to put down when you're up. you know, up here North. So Mm -hmm. the next one is not hard, but folks think it's hard. And that's to get a soil test. When we start, when we evaluate the health of our soil, we'll know what to put down because you can go out and buy a fertilizer from Lowe's and you just, it's, it's fertilizer, right? You throw it down, the grass grows. You do it again the next year, it grows a little bit. You do it again the next year, it grows just, you know, it's the soil is a living, breathing organism and it wants to tell you what it needs, but you've got to take a soil test. And the biggest thing that you can do is check your local uh, co-op. If you have that, you guys are pretty big. Farm state. Yeah. You got a
0: co-op. You got a grain elevator around there somewhere. Yeah. And actually here in Nebraska, we go to our local extension office. And they would be able. mm -hmm.
2: My extension office is Purdue University. It's one of the everybody says, well, it's the best in the country. But you know, your university's got a great one too. So you can just take a chunk of dirt, you average some dirt piles in your yard and take it to them, and they'll tell you, hey, you're high in phosphorus. You know, stop fertilizing with this stuff. You know, you need to add some calcium. You need to add some lime. They'll they'll give you one of these. Um, uh, actually, if if you don't know, you can order a soil test online, and mail it, and they'll send you back the info online, and you can go from there. And they'll tell you exactly what to add. So it's it's a wonderful thing. And Mike, never fear, you can have my eleven page pamphlet for free. I'm just gonna throw that in.
1: Okay, I'm down. Well, because you've got me now. I'm trying to figure out what type of grass I have. I still don't know that. Like all these things are things I have never even done. So, grass type, soil test, all of this is new information to me. So I'm like quickly trying. Okay, like zone even. Most of us have a mutt.
2: I have three different types of grass type, maybe four in my lawn. Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm trying. I'm trying to do one type, but that. Typically happens when you have even like a new house that's built, they'll take the cheapest grass seed they can get. It's mm-hmm. called contractor mix and throw it out mm-hmm. and it's made to come up fast.
0: Yep. And yep. the rest of it fills in later. So that's. um Dave, I actually have two majorly different kinds of grasses between the front and the back. So I have zoysia out front, which in, is not typical for Nebraska. It will grow here. It goes dormant in the winter and it goes brown. Now People don't like it. I love it. <laughs> it, in the summer, when it grows, it's a freaking carpet. Like it is, it kills everything and it just consumes the entire front. Now I have full, full sun. That's another thing to consider. Mm-hmm. How much sun is your lawn getting, right? Cause it can, it can vary on it as well. So the front does really well. It's full sun. It just gets blistered. Zoys is great for that. It actually consumes a little bit of water. I have no irrigation out there. It's great. The back, more traditional bluegrasses, um, you know, fescues, uh, we have I go to Sutherland's here Mike that's a good grass store here in, in Omaha and they're the pros and Dave this is maybe another tip is if you're buying grass uh well that sounded bad if you're <laughs> buying grass seed <laughs> still illegal in Indiana by the way <laughs> maybe I'm not here. so much in Colorado if you're buying <laughs> grass seed go to a, like a professional lawn shop that sells seed and they'll you'll get the exact stuff that's best for your area as well. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about grass in a sec. So, and you know, so, that do you, is- so you don't
1: need to worry about necessarily matching what you already have. From what it sounds like, because if you have a mutt of different stuff, um, or do you need to make sure, like, if I am going to be going in and grabbing seed, do I need to make sure I match? Like, take my grass in. This is what I have currently. Let's match it. I, I am not a professional, Mike. I think you want to kind of stay as close that's as true. possible. Yeah. Right.
2: Um, you don't want to create the mutt. So yes. Have someone evaluate your grass, and the best thing to do is to take it to that local co-op mm-hmm. or your professional landscape store, and we'll talk about that down below. I've got a store in my area called Site One. They have areas all over the United States, and there is there is a store somewhere in your area that the professionals go to to get sprinkler heads, push spreaders, seed, fertilizer. Someone has to supply them, and they will— sell to you over the counter so you can't be shy not to go in and when i go it's like it's like how i used to feel when i went to best buy and i'm just looking around going oh my god this place is so great i'm gonna get this and this and i go in there and i'm just total geeking out just looking at
1: all the stuff 2009, Mike in a uh, Apple Store style. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's so geeky, ours, uh, Sutherland's, as was there the other day, and they were taking, if you if you brought in a spreader of any kind, any working condition, it didn't matter. They were really looking for the green, what's the name? Scott's, I guess, makes those really green, crappy plastic ones. Mm-hmm. And they would give you a $50 credit on one of their $400 spreaders. Yeah. That was really nice, right? uh, air, you know, rubber tires that, you know, everything's you know, really, really nice. And so, yeah, that's kind of like the Best Buy experience. You go in there and you're like, oh, I could use yeah. a new spreader. Oh yeah. And you smell <laughs> that fertilizer you're like, ah, oh,
1: this is great.
0: Yeah. Bags of seed all on the counter marked five pound, one pound. Yeah. It's dangerous, Mike. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful. I it's know how plan. you are. You can't it's give plan. the lawn back. You can't sell your lawn once you've improved it. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Okay, that, so we're going to find out what's yeah, a really good point.
1: <laughs>
2: we're going to find out what kind of grass we have, and we're going to try to start the process of getting a soil test. Yeah. But don't let the soil test slow you down for anything else. You know, let's not. Don't stop. Let's just let's keep going because the next two steps we can all do right now, and they're the two most important steps in lawn care, and that's mowing and watering. The two most important steps. If you only do two things right, it's these two. It it all starts here. So a large part of your lawn care success will be attributed to the daily care, right? We all know that, but most of us don't do it the right way. That means we're not watering enough or we're watering too much and we're not mowing the right way. The other thing I like to warn people is if you don't like mowing, you have no business going to the fertilizer store because once you feed it, it's going to grow and you can't Mike, You can't cut it once a week. Once we start giving it some food, it's like kids. You got to put rocks in their pockets because they're going to grow up. You're going to have to start cutting twice a week. The lawn wants to be cut. It encourages the growth down under once we start mowing it, once we start mowing the top of it. So, most of us don't do these two, these two properly, and we 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 start worrying about our weeds. We we let that we our weeds and our fertilizer. We let that get into our head. So I'm going to say right now, who cares? Mowed weeds are green; they look okay when you mow them. Let's work on, let's work on getting the grass right. Right. So I Dave, tell folks.
0: There's, there's a really good premise behind this is that very, very healthy grass will actually choke out the weeds. It will. Absolutely. And so you can oftentimes, if you can't get to those, I, I, I'm with you. Choose healthy grass because it will consume the weeds and you, and you won't have to do it. My dandelions this year got uh, overcrowded by the, by the lawn and they were really small. So pulling them was super easy. Like mm-hmm. I, and I've had maybe five. So far. So it was really, really yeah, so great. healthy. Yeah, healthy, healthy lawns uh before weeds for sure.
2: Yes. And Mike, you may have a, a lawn type that actually spreads. There's a couple of lawn types that spread. Like you we all hear of a fescue, right? So you take one fescue seed, you plant it in the ground, you get one fescue leaf. But if you plant something like Kentucky bluegrass, or for you guys down south, bluegrass, those spread like weeds a grass that will actually spread and fill in the other areas so we'll get to that we can help it with some fertilizer choke out those weeds but for right now we're gonna we're gonna get the mowing and the watering right so i tell folks on a rainy night or rainy day let's tune up the mower let's get the air and the oil filter right let's get the oil the plugs general upkeep wash it be proud of her she's your mower right The biggest thing is sharpen the blades. If you're going to get under there, make sure you pull the spark plug. Um, If you're going to tip the mower over, put a plastic baggie over the gas, screw the cap on, that way the gas won't leak out, and uh, make sure all the safety features work on your mower.
1: The interesting piece that I learned there and that I didn't know about sharpening the blades before, probably about a year and a half ago was when I really found out how important that was, was, I mean, that affects the look more than anything because a jagged top will look brown whereas those fresh cut tops will look much more green and reflect the light the right way and I had no idea the the huge difference I thought it was just more of a I don't know. It helps the growth kind of thing, but it really does affect the look a lot more than you think. And the one tool that I didn't realize I needed until about the second time I sharpened my blades was a balancer. Uh, you you can do it with a nail, um, too, and you can do a nail and just making sure that after you sharpen it, the blade is even, but there is a simple $5, awesome little like metal cone. It sits on top of a stick and you just set it on top of there and see if it, if it balances out for five bucks, makes it super easy. I just do it on my bench grinder, run it real quick. And, uh, that has been for me, the biggest change that I've had in mowing is just having a sharp blade. I do it probably four times a year, if not that's five, yeah, that's uh, just to I make mean, sure you have got it, Mike. it.
2: You've got it. Yep. Keep going. Yeah, that's, uh, that can be found on that wonderful aisle at Lowe's where all the uh, mowing equipment is. Yeah, that's where yeah. I found it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Didn't know I needed it until I was walking through Lowe's. Of course, you find <laughs> stuff you need. Um, also, leveling. Make sure your, your mowing deck is level once you do that. And uh, yeah, a sharp blade will not rip the top off, it will actually cut it. And you can tell because it will be ripped. It will be yellow. It might be uh, a split end. The the grass blade Mm -hmm. may look like that. i will have this little tall spot on the other side. So yeah, that can really create some really angry grass. Um, I say this is your first investment. You don't like your mower? Go shopping. Go get you a nice mower that you're going to enjoy using. It's the best time in the world to catch a podcast. I put my buds in and then I put my ear protection over and it's, it's the great, I mean, that's,
0: you're listening to a podcast and you're mowing. It's, it's a great thing. I, I need to do more of that actually now. Cause we've been inside. I'm not listening to podcasts as much. I need to recapture that time for sure. Yeah. babe. I, what I, about, I, what about this time of year? You know, it takes, um, you know, how do we get that weekday mow in? How do you do that? Like, for some folks, that's that's tough when you have to mow twice a week. How do you how do you get past that to to get out there on a weeknight? It is. And so,
2: what you want to do? Sorry, the, I just got a text, Dave. Set the alarm. So <laughs> I just set the alarm. So, Jim, what you want to do is try to plan it on a Wednesday. May figure out when your big mow is. Mm-hmm. You know, some folks may do it on a Friday night so they can work all night, so they have Saturday to do what they want. When, when is your big mow? a lot of, most people do it on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Do your edging, do your trimming, do all of that good stuff on your big mow night, and then take a Wednesday night and just fly through the yard, just fly through and mow it, mow it and blow it and, and you're done. If it's going to rain, move it to Tuesday or Thursday. And the reason that we're doing twice is most folks make the mistake of mowing too much. You know where your your mower is chugging along or you're kicking out these big clumps of grass and that stuff dries all over your lawn you're you're cutting too much, you're stressing the grass. you just want to cut the top one third off of those blades of grass and you may actually have to get out there and make a pass, make a high pass and see how much you're actually cutting off of those blades and if you need to make another pass and lower it a little bit, you can. If you need to raise it, it's very simple. So it, we're going to cut the top one third and we're going to do that twice a week.
1: So Dave, I always bag my lawn when I mow. Is that a bad thing to be doing? Am I am I starving my yard of the natural nutrients of the cut grass that's being cut if I bag every single time?
2: Well, you kind of answered your own question. Natural nu- nutrients of that lawn, if you are fertilizing there's fertilizer in those blades of grass that when you cut and they settle back down, they will, it's been proven in those, in those universities that they will refeed the lawn. So you do want to l- let those clippings get mulched in. Now, don't just cut them. Make sure your mower has a mulching blade and a mulching plug. Because if you just let that stuff fly out the side or fly out the back, it won't be cut up. If you plug the back with a mulching plug, it'll keep spinning inside of your push mower and it gets cut up into little bits and it'll get absorbed down into the soil much better.
0: That, but if, if you let it go too tall, you can't. It, that's one of those kinds of things. You're going to actually do some damage by clumping that grass and throwing it back on top of it if you try to. Right. So if you're doing top third, like Dave's talking about, yeah, every time you can mulch it in there every single time. Summer is a great time to do that as well. But if you've got let it go too long, mind I'm in that boat. I've been busy all week, couldn't mm-hmm. get out to it. It's yeah. going to need to be bagged. Just it just is what it is. I I do a system during the year where I continue to fertilize it. I'm not as worried about it, but I do try to get that back in the lawn just as much as possible.
2: Okay. Well, you may not want to hear this, but some folks, if if you come back from a you know a four day weekend or a, a vacation or something and it's tall, cut it twice. Still just cut that top third off of it. Maybe wait for the next day, cut it again and re-mulch those in Mm. or even do it the opposite way you've done it the same day. I know that's painful, but you get to listen to Jim and maybe even (laughs) reset, you know, during that.
0: So, yeah, Uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. If you got a good mower going back over it again, it's not a big deal. If it's wet, it is a big deal. Like let that dry out in between cuts. But, uh, but no, that, that, works out pretty good. Dave, um, let's talk a little bit about watering too. So you said cutting and then watering, right? This is watering's a mystery to me. I get the cutting part of it. So what have you found out? And there's some great tech in watering. What have you, what do you do? How do you, I don't irrigate by the way. I don't, I don't water very much. And that's probably why my lawn struggles in the summer. Teach us some things about watering. Okay. Well, you know, you just
2: reminded, reminded me something I don't even have in my notes. And, uh, And that's doing a DIY sprinkler. But the biggest thing is knowledge, right? We need to know what our grass is and we need to know what our soil type is. You know, some of us have got sandy soils, loam, red clay, you know, dark clay. We need to know what that is. So we're not doing this wrong. For most of these yards, we're just going to throw it out there. You need an inch to an inch and a half per week, right? You don't want to put that down all at once and you need to adjust with rainfall. So maybe just maybe that might be a good reason to get a weather station. I I don't have one. I would like to have one, but I just kind of track it, right? I we got you know, we got a quarter inch over the last 2 days. You just keep that in your mind. It's really going to matter in the summer when you really 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 need to know how much water you're getting down on the on the yard so tech alert jim and for everybody in the video i've got the nice programmable sprinkler that you that has an app this is the rachio version three and uh it's not hooked up because i have the version two and it's working just fine this was a, a review unit that uh um, you know how those review units go yeah dave so what does it do so it's a very easy thing. You can you can hit YouTube up and replace your old school, where you have to go to the back of the garage and turn it over to the uh, the run knob. If you have a sprinkler system built in, I should have said that up front, right? If you have a sprinkler system built in, you can go and you can replace that old that old box in your garage or even outside in a box with something that's hooked up to the internet. And what this is going to do for us is via an app, it's going to allow us to set up our zones, set up what kind of soil we want to do. Do we want to do water conservation? And the app will know I have to water at 6 a.m. But hey, you know what? It just rained last night. Maybe we're going to skip this cycle and we'll just go from there. It's really smart in being able to hook into the weather. And also allow you manual control. The best thing in the world is standing out in the middle of your front yard with your phone in your hand and tapping zone two and having that baby yeah. turn up and start sprinkling. That is the coolest thing
1: ever. That's Mike, I, do you have sprinklers or sprinklers? I do, and I was just going to say I, I am terrible at going and turning them off when I know we've had rain. And uh, I, I, you know, our water bills pretty high from them and you know we have a we have a pretty big lawn, not as big as yours dave but i have i think i calculate like 15 000 square foot of lawn, and it, it sucks up a lot of water and so I, I, something like that has been on my list of stuff to look at um and and implement i i'm so bad dave i don't even know what zones are which <laughs> i still i've been in this house yeah. for two and a half years and i still have not done the process of going out and mapping and drawing out uh, where all my zones are so the sprinkler guy came out he kind of did a recommendation and said it, and I have honestly just trusted him and left it, and I, and I haven't changed it.
2: Yeah, you definitely you definitely want to take that back under control because you have a, a wonderful opportunity here to tech up your 15,000 square feet, get a Rachio. Um, you don't have to get the version 3. Version 3 added 5.8 gigahertz, and it added a, a couple of other uh, bells and whistles, but depending on where your unit is, if you think it can reach 2.4, the two gigahertz band, like mine is in my was in my garage, and it gets plenty of Wi-Fi there. So this thing is going to save you. And one of the things it does that I think is really cool is you can tell it to cycle your zones. Like if, if say my, my zone one is out by the road. Well, what happens all the time with everybody's zone that's on the street <laughs> is you water the street or you water so much in the grass and it's, it's, it's got this angle of tilt going out to the road. You're watering the road. Well, you can tell zone one, hey, let's put this zone down in three steps. Do a little zone one, a little zone two, a little zone three, come back to zone one. It will cycle that and that allows that water to soak so you're getting everything mm. that you sprayed out and it mm. will save you water
0: and you can sometimes even water less. So so maybe five minutes of zone uh, spread across three times as opposed to 15 minutes and that water coming off the lawn onto the street and down into the gutter right. because the, it, it has not been absorbed. Yes. I was when you were saying water in the street, I was also thinking about those sprinklers that haven't been checked or adjusted in a while. Exactly. Like this is where it's fun to stand on your lawn with the app and try these zones just to make sure your sprinklers are actually hitting the areas they're intended to hit. Yes. Cuz you've seen those neighbors and you, know, you drive by at <laughs> 5 in the, in the morning. Street. Yeah. Yeah, you, they're watering your car. you are getting <laughs> so that hard <laughs> water on your freshly washed car. Yeah. Mike, you need to
2: do you need to do the uh, the rain controller dance. There's there's a run a single zone set up on that thing somehow yep. some way figure it out set it for three minutes slide it over to run and start jogging out to where you think it's going to be and look around have a spiral in your hand you don't have to draw the map yet but write down where it's at right let's get your zones right and then you can get one of these things for like 150
1: bucks woot.com has them all the time the Rockio threes Yes. Yeah, because I was just looking at them on Amazon. And it looks like about two fourteen right now.
2: Seems to be the running. Two. Well, the first thing that you've got to know how you you have to know is how many zones do you have? Your controller uh, may nine, be set I up, believe. Okay, it, it may be set up to h- control twelve, but if you only have nine, you know there's no sense in buying. If you only had six, there's no sense in buying the twelve. Right? You can buy just six. Got it. And someone in chat, Jim, just said, take a picture of it. And that's a great, great tip. Take a picture of it. And then when that three minutes is up, go back in, set it to zone two, three minutes and run out and find where that one's at too. Yeah.
0: Just take a picture of it running, right? You'll know exactly where your heads are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then write that down. So, you know, zone one street, zone one or zone two, middle front, you know, back, right. Right back left or east west however you know how to find it
0: mike like, run run that um run that uh, the 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 drone up in the in the sky and just take a to, picture and, and then mark run it. the camera and just talk into it okay i'm turning on zone one Right. Okay. Oh, I'm turning on it. zone too. That's um, pretty good. There you He's go. To the backyard. I was <laughs> thinking
1: about just taking it up there, taking a picture straight down and then, yeah. and then drawing on the picture, but yeah, no, you could, Yeah, just in that and you'd see him come on and,
0: and uh, have a little movie of it.
1: Flying that from the garage. That sounds like a recipe for me hitting another tree with that thing. <laughs> with,
0: with a beer with a, beer, with a beer, with a beer. Yeah. 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 Hold my beer and watch this
1: or just, you know what? Emmett's getting old enough here. Emmett, you go fly the drone and I, dad's going to stay here. That's
0: right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The other
1: thing is
2: guys is, if you do have an online controller, it loves to save water. So you have to go through the, through the settings and know what's going on, especially if you take like an extended vacation. I remember we took an extended vacation uh, two weeks and came back late summer and my yard was, I'm not going to say dead. It was dormant, right? When the grass is not getting its water, especially in that summer heat, It will go dormant to save its roots, to keep its roots alive. And I got back and my controller was like, look at all the water I saved you. And I'm like, my grass is dead. (laughs) So, So I tell people, don't trust it, right? Measure the output of your zone because some zones are different. Some zones have different heads. So the biggest thing that people tell you to do is do the tuna can challenge. And that is... Mike, you turn on a zone for a long time and run it until you can capture a half inch of water, and they tell you to put tuna cans out. You don't have to put a tuna can, but that's what the challenge is called. You need to put out some type of measurable cup or right. device. Don't don't do a rain gauge because that's that. Rain gauges are trying to get water coming straight down. You need to do a can that's capturing water kind of flying in from all directions and know how long it takes for zone one to put half an inch of water down because you're going to you're going to water two times a week, right? Starting at like 3 a.m. So it's kind of done before you get out, get into the car and drive to work. Well, if you don't know how much you're putting down, how are you going to know when you put it, if you get an inch a week,
1: it's <laughs> so a we total didn't... guess for me at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right.
2: it's for all of us Yeah, because we haven't gone out there to do that. We just kind of guess. You kind of go out there and go, wow,
1: it's, it's a lake out here. Maybe I, I'm going to turn, turn it. In. That's exactly what I do. It's a lake or man, it just did the sprinklers and it's really dry. I can still walk out here in my socks, you know, a few hours yeah. later and it's, it's not wet or enough. You're mowing and it's crunchy. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I'm I'm doing it way more than twice a week. Is that I'm probably I'm probably way over watering my line. I think I'm Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, or something like that. Well, it just depends
0: how long and how much and how long they're running for, right? Absolutely. Now. We're all
2: different. Yeah. No one can tell you right. you're doing it wrong, but it does sound like maybe you could cut that back. But just know what you're doing. You've got that automated system. Just know. Just know what it's doing. The biggest thing with with these systems like the Ratio is you can adjust for summer. You can adjust for summer heat and you can adjust for rainfall that's coming down, the free water.
0: Dave, the summer heat's interesting because oftentimes I hear people turning on their sprinklers to cool the lawns down, right? So we would typically water at three in the morning, whatever, whatever your cycle is. But in the really, really hot days, I've heard of folks saying, oh, no, no we run a quick cycle to cool the, the the lawn down, not to water it, but to keep That's those. That's a
2: great, it's a great thing to bring up because it's so controversial. I call yeah. it that midday uh, heat mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. And I did it last year just to try it. And I think it worked well. Mm-hmm. You, Jimmy, everybody's different. You kind of, if you just water a little bit, your grass may kind of brown down and go dormant. Cause let's face it, some folks get some gnarly heat we're talking a hundred degrees. You're not going to fight that Kentucky bluegrass, like my grass eight above 85 degrees. And it really starts stressing out. So you really have to decide how much you're going to do to keep it green during that time period. And if you July and August are just notorious for heat, you kind of have to decide, am I going to do this or not? Am I going to chase the kids off for my midday cycle or not? So
0: there, there's a low-tech solution to that, too, and that's when you see somebody in the neighborhood, in your neighborhood, and their grass is better than yours, knock on the door. Well, when we can do this again. <laughs> knock on the door and ask them what they're doing. <laughs> like, you know, now they may be paying for that, pay, paying for it in water, paying for it in a professional service, paying for it that way. But I think it's great. I mean, oftentimes we we miss that neighbor who's has the same soil in a lot of cases, is in the same conditions, getting the same amount of rain, same amount of sunlight, trees may vary, some of those kinds of things. But I think asking around by your region to the person who's doing it right, pretty great idea. Pretty low tech too.
2: Yep. Yeah. Find that guy that's pushing a mower. If you, yeah. if you don't see someone cutting their yard, that means they someone's cutting it for you while you're at work. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Or maybe even ask them who they use. So yeah. if they do it themselves, who are you yeah. using? To get some, to get some advice on that.
2: Well, now that, now that we've talked about it, you got 15,000 square feet and you're paying 60 bucks per application. I'm just going to tell you, keep that up.
0: That's okay, a great I'll, deal.
1: I'll keep them. That's that works.
2: Great, especially if they're doing a great job, Mike. Why, they are, yeah. why put someone out of a, out of a job if they're doing a, doing a good deal? Cause I think that's a, I think that's a good deal. You could, yeah, you can get a bag of fertilizer for 25 bucks. You can get some for 13 bucks. But if
1: yeah, we'll, we'll see if dog. I get to keep him this last time. Actually, he just came last week and I didn't realize he had come. And we have a dog door, and my dog had him cornered in the backyard just. Rip roaring barking at him so loud, I felt so bad. I went out there. I, I heard because I heard Petey kind of barking. And I'm like, oh! And I looked in the security camera. and Sure enough, the guy's kind of just stand there against the fence. And I grabbed Petey. I felt so bad. So sure hopefully they the are still my lawn company. Yeah, watch well, what sure like he said. It's
0: not the first time. He's
1: like, no. He yeah. goes, no. He goes, I'm used to it. He goes, he didn't do anything. He was just barking. He goes, but man, he's got a loud
0: bark for a little dog. Nice. I was like, yeah, he, he thinks he's a big dog. So some, okay, so 15 square feet. I I have five. I, I think. How, how do I, I mean, what are some ways that I could easily, if I wanted to know how big exactly is my graph, besides just going out and going, you know, one potato, two potato, three potato, four, what right. are, are there some tech ways that we can we kind of measure? graphic tech alert, tech yeah, alert, exactly. tech alert.
2: So there's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you the most freest thing in the entire world. Freest. That's a new word. Google maps. Did you know, if you go to maps.google.com find your house, zoom in as much as you possibly can and right click. Maybe I need to do this right now. So I don't get it wrong. Right click. You need to go to the uh, satellite. So enable the satellite. Are you guys going to do it at the same time? Yeah, we're gonna do we're it. We're all
1: going to do it with you. Okay, we're all well, Cause it I just you. did it an old school way. I'll tell you how I did it after it. Okay. I want to see if I get the same sort of result.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you go, it helps if you have a good square patch, which I do not. So find your house, fellas. Find a nice corner of your yard and right click right there at that point and at the very bottom measure distance.
1: Oh, there look, we go. It's going to wow, place a, that.
2: It's going to place a little dot on your yard and you can just dot 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 all around. You don't have to make nice square rectangles cuz I mean, I've got circles in my yard. You can click every couple of millimeters to get that perfect contour of your yard. And when you have a nice long section, just do the long section and keep going all the way around your yard. I'm, I'm just doing my yard real quick here. I know nobody can see. And when you get back, click to the start point where you started and it'll enclose that and there'll be a little bottom box on your on your page and it'll tell you distance around, but more importantly, total square feet. Did you guys get that?
0: I did. I did. That dude, that is great. It's like amazingly I, free. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. And I think, so mine says total area, uh, 1,213 square feet. So I know that's the front yard. Okay. That's the front. That's just the front. I'd have to do some stuff in the back, but no, that's great. That gets me, that gets me started on this. I've always kind of just guessed, oh, it's, I get the 5,000 square foot bag. Cause yes. that's what I kind of, you know, I'm like, well, I don't yeah. have any more than that.
2: But now I know. So we're going to get really basic here right now. And this is something I used to do before I knew it was the thing, right? And I, ha- I should have brought it up here. I have a spiral. It just says garage on it, Right. It's one of those old 10 cent spirals with the color on the front that you can put an eraser on and write on it like you used to do in junior high. And it's my garage spiral. Anytime I I need a cut list for the saw or I mix up some weed killer. How much did I mix? What is it? You know, and we're going to we're going to take our square footage of our yards and we're going to put it in there. So. Mike, you would also put your zones in there. You just write everything down and you leave it in your garage. Anytime you go out there and you're like, what zone? How many heads were in zone three? It's in your garage spiral, right? So before you stuff that in there, take a nice little screenshot of your front yard of how many square feet you had. Now, if you're like some homeowners, you've got a house right next to you, right? Right. So there's a driveway in between. You've got this little patch of grass you got to take care of. Well, don't do all, don't do it with your main yard. Do it separately. So you know, hey, I've got this little 525 square foot patch on the side of my house. So what I'm trying to get you to do is section off these little sections. So when we come back with fertilizers and weed killers, we know, okay, my front was 1500 my side is 500. You can mix up the appropriate chemicals, weed killers or fertilizers or soil conditioners or whatever in the all these different little patches around your yard. I I measured mine up differently a couple of times. That way I know like I got I think it's like 9200 square foot front yard, right? It's a big old front yard. Mm-hmm. So I I always just mix up for 9000 square feet. That's all i do and i throw a little extra in so So, smart so use this and try to get it to the rule of thumb that we all try to we all use in the lawn industry and that's a thousand square feet everything is measured in a thousand square feet and if you have like a two thousand square foot lawn in the front three thousand in the back i mean you're golden right the contractors measured it for you and they built it, built your house. You've got that perfect little square, or maybe you've got a sidewalk that jumps right in between two pieces of yard or something. Measure those separately. And you may have to, uh, you know, have a couple of pieces of paper in your yard, but screen cap that. I mean, in your yard, in your spiral, screen capture those, print them out and put them in your spiral. And then that way, when you're in the, in the garage, mixing up your fertilizer, You know, nine thousand square foot in the front, fifteen, you know, thousand square foot total. You really need to know that. Print it out, get your notebook, get your spiral, put it in there, and you have a yard plan instantly. You've got a yard plan.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, now now
1: it was way more accurate than the one I had gone to the county assessor website, taking the lot size less the square footage of the house. But I, I forget, you know, that doesn't include the garage, right? So I did it on here where I just started excluding, okay, what's the house then? What's this area? To get down to exactly what my yard is. And then your idea of actually sectioning it off. Um,
0: I so love do documenting.
1: I'm going to start I'm gonna this journal this weekend. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So yeah.
0: what so would you have total? Or did you do it all? Uh, 16,388. Oh, wow. so wow. a little bit more. I was a little less. I'm right at four. So th- uh, 30, you know, 34 in the back. Or yeah, no. 24 in the back 16 in front
2: okay yeah those are great numbers i mean those are great mixable numbers jim right yeah
0: right so because
2: when we get into fertilizers you have to know you can't just throw the bag in the spreader and just start running around the front yard you have no idea how much you put down because when we get into fertilizers it's pounds per 1000 square feet so that's why i'm telling you try to section these off in 1000 square foot sections. And some folks are listening thinking, "Yes, I've got these little sections over here by the sidewalk. I got my neighbor's side right over here, you know." So it 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 can be different for every person. And Google Maps isn't perfect because, you know, sometimes tree lines, you know, it's a satellite. You you might have to do a little guessing because it's top down and trees may be blocking, you know, some of the property lines, but you're going to get really close with it. And it's really
0: fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Dave, is there any tech we can use to keep track of of those? Have you used any apps or any websites or anything like that? You know like my that?
2: biggest thing, OneNote. Okay. The biggest thing I do mm-hmm. is I kind of put I have a backup of OneNote because here's the thing. I'll be sitting at my desk thinking, "Hmm, when am I going to put down my pre-emergent this year?" And I have a lawn calendar in OneNote. Mm. There's no reason to put it in the garage spiral because it changes way too much, right? I I write down when I mow. I write down how much I put down when because I want to know. Because if next year I'm like thinking, wow, my grass looks like crap. What did I do last year? Mm. Oh, I forgot to winterize. What was I doing? I was on vacation. I don't know. So I think a journal somewhere online where you can get to it, because I can't tell you how many times, Jim, I, another tech alert is a bag chair. You need a good bag chair in your garage. You go and sit down in your bag chair, you get your spiral out. Maybe you have your bud light nearby <laughs> and just every once in a while, take a hammer and just bang on the the workbench. No one will bother you for hours. Just, <laughs> just reading your spiral. But, no, my point was, if you have it's it in-
1: That's why I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, bang on a hammer. And then I'm like, ah, so the wife thinks you're working. Got yeah. it. Okay. Or keep yeah, your
2: drill you. by, you know, and zhoot, 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 zhoot. do that. You know, maybe throw out an expletive every once in a while. Ooh. Bang a hammer on the workbench. That would Walk, make it realistic. in the house.
0: Leave it there. Walk in the house angry. Well, one of the things that, Dave, I think is so important to have it out in the garage and not necessarily in your tech- is when I'm working outside, especially in the summer, I'm hot and sweaty. I get grass all over my feet, I'm all over my shoes. Coming in and sitting down at my desk, your, you know, your arms are dripping. Not, it's not something you want to do, and so I won't check it. You know, if it's on, mm-hmm. if it's on a computer, even on my phone, a little nasty sometimes to pull that out. Just as easy to go into the garage, you know, go through a couple of pages. And if you've got that on paper, it, it is pretty handy in the garage to have that. My dad did that. And uh and it was pretty cool. So I I have not I, I have a little marker and some things I write down, but not, I, I, I'm gonna need to up my system. Sounds like Mike, you're gonna up yours too. Yeah,
1: yeah I'll probably do a combination like Dave suggested. Probably something out in the garage for certain aspects. And then certain aspects like this, where I'm doing Google Maps, I'll probably just start screenshotting this, putting all into OneNote. That way when I'm at the store too, I have my Absolutely. phone with me. totally right? Absolutely. All different measurements yeah. You know, and I don't know if you guys
2: do it, but you put all your house stuff in there. How many heater units do you have in your home? I have a couple and both of the filters are different sizes. And when I get to the the filter aisle, I'm like, "God bless America, what size do I have?" Oh, it's in one
1: note. I just look. I you know, and I've taken a picture before, so then I'm always sitting there scrolling through my I'm photo like, library. That one photo, I do that same thing with like routers with the password admin things for my parents. like, "Ah, that's enough photo here somewhere. I didn't even think about the OneNote. I use OneNote for work religiously. Like, I live in OneNote and I don't even think to use it in my normal out of work life.
2: Yeah. I have a lawn folder that's just mind numbingly long, as you can probably imagine with my 11 page manifesto that we're going through now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If your notes are this meticulous, I
2: can't even imagine what your actual lawn notes are. It's crazy. It wow. is it's absolutely crazy, but it allows you to uh, to just track everything. We're, we're going to get into fertilizers here.
0: Yeah, let's let's jump into that because we uh, this is probably the most complicated and the scariest for a lot of folks. It
2: is, it is, and I'm going to try to make it easy for us, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some tips on how to practice because a lot of guys, this is the part that. They've screwed up in the past and they've put down a fertilizer. They got it lows and their lawn three days later was yellow, right? They didn't water it in correctly and burnt the yard or, you know, did something silly. So we need to know what we're doing. And I'm going to tell you how to practice this step. But the first thing is it's, it's the spreader, right? Some One of you guys said, uh, Jim, you're trading in your Scott spreader, yeah. your, your $12 spreader uh-huh. to get a nice $400 one. Well, I'm telling you, when you get into this, you're going to want that $400 spreader because they're, they are a work of art. It's, it's a really nice piece of machinery. And those Scots ones will get it done for a small yard and for something that doesn't have a lot of landmines and meteors that you can bump around in and jump in. Now, if Mike was doing his with the size of his yard, he needs a spreader. And I tell people... They ask me all the time i'm pushing this monster in my yard and it's got these you know monster truck tires on the side and my lawn is bumpy it has undulations it's got ridges and and you know plantings in the middle and trees in the middle it's bumpy so i like a nice pneumatic tire i don't like the scott spreader with that plastic tire everything you run over it's just risking you dumping all that fertilizer into your yard <laughs> and creating that nice big yellow spot for the world to see for the next four to six weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not yellow snow. The, um, you, you, um, it's a good, it is a good reminder, but like my yard's under 5,000. It's one bag usually, and I get away with those spreaders. Actually, I replace them every couple of years. They run them, you know, they, they run them between 15 and 30 bucks. Generally, I can That's get them awesome. on closeout on the fall. Yeah. You know, and th- 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 there's another shopping technique. Oftentimes, if you're buying this stuff off season, when so let everybody, let everybody else go get that stuff. And then off season, pick those things up for the next year. So you have it. Yeah. Oftentimes, you can get stuff really inexpensive. And I think the last time I bought a Walmart Scott spreader, the one I'm using now. It was uh $25. And so it's just a, you know, if you can do it. I envy your spreader though, Dave. I'd love one of those. I watched some lawn guys on the web and they've all got really nice, you know, spreaders. And I'm like, ooh, that just sounds like it feels good on the lawn. It does. You know, and when it, you're pushing it.
2: <laughs> and it just, it holds more material. Yeah. And it feels yeah. more sturdy. Right? right? Right. So, and I don't have anything uh, special. Mine is an AgriFab. I think it was like 150 bucks, but it's got... Mm-hmm big old hopper it's got big old pneumatic tires i would love to have one of those four hundred dollar ones i just it's it's overkill right yes and that's yeah. contractor grade in a lot yeah. of cases right for people yeah. doing it all the time you yeah. know I, I have a little bit of smarts coming to this but if i could get away with it i yeah i'd have one already no Wow.
1: That's what I've been trying to decide on. So I've been needing a few things, like a dethatcher is something I really wanted. You know, dethatch that lawn every year, and I've been trying to decide. So I have a a riding lawnmower, brand new, year and a half ago. Decided, like you said, invest in yourself was something I wanted to enjoy the mow. And man, do I ever enjoy the mow uh, with that Cub Cadet! I really enjoy it. Okay, so I go, do I go full, just pull behind everything, right? Pull behind dethatcher, pull behind spreader, or do I start to separate it out and have you know? Because the one thing about it is. With the way my lawn's a little bit like yours, Dave, not really. I have a lot of trees and I have a lot of tight areas where that mower doesn't like to fit the best. Mm-hmm. I barely squeeze through. And so it's like maybe it'd just be easier if I could just get up real quick and do a, not have to ride the lawn mower to do those certain activities.
2: Yeah, I'm, I really like a towable spreader, but I'm really kind of against it for my yard because of what you said. I have a lot of turns and a lot of tight spots, and I feel like I can't control the output. So I can control the output when I'm pushing because of my levers right there. Right. But if you had like two acres, I mean, yeah, like absolutely. I'd have a towable. And, uh, so I, I do like a good push spreader and I do like Mike, if you have a, a cub cadet like that, I, they have some pull behind, um, implements that you can do and like a core aerator. That's the best thing to have with, a with a riding lawnmower you can aerate your yard in the fall and you don't have to go and rent that big heavy machine um you know from home depot or sunbelt or whoever your rental agency is they're not as they're not perfect like those those very heavy ones that have you know a 50 pound rolling drum on them right but it, they still will poke some holes and aerate
1: the soil and do you, is it harder with a pull behind? The only thing I worried about a pull behind in that scenario is like, it, it'd probably be hard to, you know, obviously you flagged all your sprinkler heads uh-huh. a little bit hard to avoid those with a pull behind. No, you'd be surprised. Okay. You'd, you'd be surprised. And you're going to go one way and then
2: you're going to come back and go an opposite way. And you'll just, you'd be flying around the yard.
1: That's yeah. That's what flying. I skipped one year and I was like, okay, let's see how bad it gets. Didn't get bad. I have not aerated this lawn ever and it has hasn't bitten me but maybe i don't know what i'm looking for for it so that's one thing i need to start doing because um, i'm sure once i do it once i'm like oh wow difference is
0: okay looks a lot better well it depends on your soil type how yeah. often it gets stepped on is it compacted or not or your you know how often the kids plan on it are they is are the neighbors walking on it i mean that's i think if it's working i mean if you like your grass you don't yeah. have to invent more things to do to 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 make it you know if you really really like it but if it's struggling in some spots, that's where this troubleshooting has to come in. Like why? Is it watering? Is it fertilizer? Is it compacted? Do you have the wrong kind of seed in there? Do you have the wrong kind of grass growing in there because it's maybe it's shade all the time? Yeah. And you've you've got a you've got a grass that grows only in the sun, right? I mean, I think this is where some of the smarts come in. And man, by the way, there are so many good lawn video, you know, channels on YouTube. To just watch people do this, let them make the mistakes and then <laughs> right. just learn from them, right? Right.
1: You know? Yeah. I you know, my thing is in the backyard, my grass is great, looks good. Like, especially right after a mow, all even, same color, great coverage, no spots. Within three to four days, probably even three days, there are like twenty spots that grow up super fast yeah. above everything else. And I cannot figure out why. It's
0: different grass types so yeah, it, must, it is it yeah. a, you yeah. have different grass some types in those there could
2: be weeds guys you never know yeah. when you Tried. have or it's weird grass type, like jim said yeah. you've got a, yeah. a a wide baited wide bladed fescue right that uh or a clumping fescue or maybe you have uh you know actually just some weeds or maybe it's just
1: i mean yeah you and have a dog exactly. you have urine spots yeah, that's that's what that was. What I was yeah. going on because yeah. I'm like, it's the same grass. It's just growing faster. My like, I bet those are the spots that PD is just peeing in yeah. or something. We just battle
2: that with more nitrogen. We're just yeah. just fertilize,
0: okay. David. In go? your in your opinion, Dave, when do I do granular? When do I spray? Like, what's the in your experience? Okay, I'm a we're, granular, gonna, we're getting in it right here. I'm a we're, granular guy. Thick of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- dig in with me on that. When what? How do I know?
2: So you could go around the room and you're probably going to get a different answer because some folks like the some folks like to spray, some folks like the granulars. Personally, I like a granular. I will search for that before I do anything else. Now that that doesn't mean I can't spray. Right. I I do, but I would rather I would rather push it and throw it down that way. And it actually it just depends on what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. Okay. And most of the time you can do it with a granular, whether it's, uh, you know, feeding or taking care of some grubs, pre-emergence. Uh, it's, it seems like when we get into controlling weeds is when we have our, our biggest problem with spray because most, most weed control is via
0: liquids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know uh, some of the brands, some of the granular brands have tried to combat that by creating a. Smaller granular that will stick to the leaves, so they recommend you put it on after a dew, a morning dew, or <laughs> right. right after it's rained, so it'll stick to the leaves to get for that. I do think weed control is best done by spring. I actually think weed control is best done naturally. One, just go out and pull them. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a little three-prong tool that goes into the ground, and then you spin it, and pull. Yeah. you pull it out and pop. You know, this got a little thing on then you pop it out. I carry a five gallon bucket with me Uh, once a day during the spring. I just go out, get as many as I can. And in 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. it's amazing in a week or two, how many weeds you can get to when you do it that way. And then of course they're not there. The other thing I've thought is I carry a a grass bag with me when I do that. And when I pull that weed, I throw some seed down in that hole that I've just pulled out. So now I've aerated, I've seeded what was now going to be blank and I've gotten that seed down inside the hole stomp on that, just kind of fill it in a little bit and then boom, walk away. Doing those in little increments is, 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 um, man, all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I don't see as many weeds as I used to. Yeah. The all afternoon doing the whole yard in the sun after you mow, Cause right. We start mowing at 10. We're done about noon. We want to go in, but we still got to do that. We see these weeds that we saw when we mowed. You're out there in the hot sun. Yeah. You get pretty pissed off. You know, you're like, this sucks. This sucks. Don't do, don't, don't mow first and then do the weeds. Go out and grab your weeds while it's cool. Right. Then mow, right. Get those, get those in in an order. You'll also be less mad when you're mowing and you're not seeing the
2: weeds. Mm -hmm. It can become a chore. And like you said, if you do it over and over and over a little bit at a time, it's much better than doing it that one time every two or three months. Right
0: yeah Dave, when you got your sample back when you sent your sample and they gave you some instructions on the way back, how does that influence then how do you use that report to influence your fertilizer choices is it can can you do it that way?
2: You can, and that report will definitely tell you what you are lacking and sometimes it gets into some real crazy stuff like you may need to apply some lime or some calcium or something like that. but the biggest thing we get into and we're talking about fertilizer is that those numbers on the back right you see like a 24-0-1 and that's called the npk analysis that's nitrogen phosphorus and potassium so we we're probably okay with that but we'll just go over it real quick nitrogen is what stimulates the lawn growth right that's what makes it grow and that's what'll kill it if you don't do it right so and that's that first number and it's usually it's usually a higher number you know somewhere with 8 12 24 30 i've even seen a 42 just crazy amounts of nitrogen a good shot of nitrogen will will boost that grass in as little as maybe 3 days and you'll have a nice big green up
0: if you're if you're in a locale that gets thunderstorms by the way those thunderstorms create and pull that nitrogen out of the air and add it to the water and so that's why when we have we live in these climates Uh, that get them, the grass really will green up after a thunderstorm because it's pulling in that natural nitrogen out of the air. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That middle number is
2: phosphorus. Phosphorus, we really only need when we want to stimulate root growth. You only want that number to be big. If the soil analysis tells you so, or if you're doing like an overseeding application and that's found in a lot of what we call starter fertilizers. So if you overseed in the fall, sometimes you'll throw down a big, um, a big number inside that uh, phosphorus column. Otherwise, high phosphorus—you kind of want to stay away from because we don't want that leaching into our water supplies and our lakes and causing algae blooms and whatnot. And a lot of, a lot of locales may have a phosphorus ban. I know Florida. Has a certain time of year, I don't know when it is, like May or June or something, they cannot put anything down because they can't have all that phosphorus running off into the Everglades because they get all that pop up rain and it just washes everything away. So we have to be check, we have to be careful on that. Check with your local regulations on the phosphorus. It's not it's not so good on the fishes and the fowls, probably the last one is potassium. And that one is, you, you really only want to tackle that one when it tells you to Um, potassium is good for um, vegetables and whatnot. And usually when you get a, a fertilizer, it's going to be a very low potassium number. And it's not really, I, I kind of tell folks, don't try not to worry about it. Don't, don't put too much phosphorus in and be careful of your, nitrogen number we definitely want to pay attention to that
0: and that's where writing that down makes a difference like what did what were my numbers that i applied what did i do
2: how many pounds per thousand yeah absolutely so that's what we're going to go over right here is let's say you're ready spring is kind of faded off we're getting into june it's time to push the lawn with some more nitrogen it's trying to time to get it to get back to green right You may be a little leery about getting into this step because we don't want to hurt the lawn. So what I've told folks is there's products out there um, that are all the rage right now: the humic acids, the biochars. Uh, it's this charcoal type product that I mean, Jim. You said it earlier. If you go out to YouTube and you search humic acid and biochar and charcoal and humachar and all this all these little keywords, you're going to find all these guys out there talking about it. And most of the time they're, you know, they're pimping their own product. They want to sell you something or they want to sell you their YouTube video and their channel. But the good thing about these products is they're real. They are very beneficial. Humic acid and a uh, charcoal-based humic acid, so beneficial to your soil. And the good thing about it is you can almost not put enough of it down. Mm. The only way you're going to kill the grass is if you cover it up with it. That's what I found. I have put this stuff down heavy and I've actually spilled some in the yard and killed a little patch of the grass, but that's literally because I spilt like a three inch mound of it. Right. And it just kind of yelled it up the grass a little bit because it couldn't get to the Couldn't get sunlight and air. So there's there's a product out there on Amazon and it's not cheap. And the only problem I have is, gentlemen, I've got this link in there. It's called Humic DG. And it's oh, it's it's in stock. It's a little expensive, but it allows you to practice. Now, Mike, this thing costs $65 for a bag of Humic DG. And it is literally humic acid and like all kinds of other nutrients like sea kelps and other little things like that. But what this $65 will do will take you into a confidence level of applying your fertilizer because you can set your spreader level. You can practice. You can practice three pounds per thousand square feet. So, you know, Jim, how much was your front yard?
0: Uh, It's 14, uh, 16, sorry.
2: 1,600 square feet. Yeah. So, you know, if you need to do three pounds per thousand, so now you're at four and a half pounds. So, you know, if you measure out four and a half pounds of product, you put that in your spreader. When you get done rolling it across your front yard, all of that product needs to be gone. Mm. Right. And you know... If you get halfway across your yard and you look down in the spreader and there's nothing left, well, maybe you're spreading it on a little too thick. Now, Jim, if you were spreading fertilizer at this point, you would be in trouble. You just doubled up, right? Half of your yard. But if you're applying this humic acid product, then you're not in trouble because this is a soil conditioner. This is going to break down and get into the soil. And what it does is it, it allows the the nutrients of your fertilizers and of your grass clippings to get reabsorbed by the grass and into the roots. It's a proven fact. And there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there on YouTube selling all kinds of different products, but that one right there is absolutely a good product. It's just too expensive. Mm. And I guarantee you $20 to $30 of that product is shipping. Because it's on Amazon.
0: Yeah. Can you, so can we'll you get it get cheaper? Can can you find it locally? And maybe Absolutely. a little cheaper?
2: Absolutely. And this is where you're going to have to go to that co-op. Right. You're going to have to go to site one and you're going to have to ask some stupid questions. Hmm. And you're going to have to say, My buddy told me to get <laughs> a granular humic acid that's good for my soul. And they're going to tell you, Well, we've got this over here. Why don't you try this? It's a humic acid charcoal mix or something like that now the other good thing about that one that i showed you that's 65 dollars a bag is that bag will go a long way on a light application mike you could you could probably have that bag for a year before you would uh you know get it all put down which
1: one on the on the anderson stuff
2: on that anderson's bag okay before you got it down at its light rate it you would be you'd be tired trust me got it Okay. It its light rate is very light. And I, I don't remember what it is. It, it may be three pounds per thousand. If you click that fourth image, yeah, it looks like
1: there. uh two and a half pounds. Per, it's in the top one, is at least the agrifab broadcast. Oh, they have an
2: agrifab in there now? That's yeah. that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, the, look at the low
2: go. rate two and a half pounds per thousand. Yeah, that's a forty pound bag. That's a lot of practice runs, guys. That's a lot of practice,
0: and it's good for the yard, right? I it's mean, it's great
2: for the yard, <clears throat> it, especially if you have a, a clay soil. It's fantastic for the yard.
0: Yeah, it, it David, it may be one of those that you um, not not just practice on, but get into a regular routine of throughout the year, in the spring, and and maybe in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't even hurt it in the summer, to be honest. Just get it when you when you need that itch to throw something down. If yeah, you're an over fertilizer. Yep
2: person you know you just you put too much down and jim i've started doing a bag a year because what i told you what has happened to my yard it's a Mm -hmm. compacted i mean cement trucks were compacting my clay i don't have a good yard at all guys compacted clay is awful so i have gone up and down back and forth with an aerator and i will aerate the yard and then i will throw in this humic dg to, to get it straight to the soil Mm -hmm. and I'm actually using a different product now. And you can find this at that same store. If you go to your co-op and you just ask them, don't be afraid to ask them. Yeah, they may snicker when you leave, but sometimes you'll get a guy there who'll just say, Hey, come on, let's walk around Mm -hmm. and he'll show you what they've got, you know? So it's, it's, it's good to get out there and at least try that. And you're not going to hurt anything So I'm doing a bag a year. Now, the other thing is, is you're not going to see any results from this instantly. You're not going to see it in a month. You may not even see it in five months, six months, 10 months. This is what they call a soil conditioner. And you can use that keyword as well, Jim, soil conditioner to get down there. And A lot of the the good ones are going to have the humic acid. Sea kelp is a good, uh, it's like vitamins. Sea kelp is a good vitamin for your yard and a charcoal or something that they call biochar. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you about this humic DG is what they have done with it. This company called the Andersons, they've put it in a pellet or a prill that doesn't powder. Hmm. So when you push it, it's not going to powder up. It's not going to cover your legs in black charcoal dust. 10 years ago, when guys were, you know, on the forefront of this product, they were throwing it down in a powder form and it was awful. And these guys have got it in a nice prill and it just lays down. And when water hits it, it just breaks down into millions of little particles and it soaks down into your grass. It's it's really a good product. I believe in it. And I picked it, I don't think anybody on YouTube has taken the stance that I'm taking where I tell folks. To practice with this. Mm-hmm. No, I like We're taking That's control the first time. of our yard. Yeah. Let's practice with something that we will absolutely not hurt our yard. We will do benefits to our yard, right? Yeah. I need I need to
0: have a YouTube channel. You do, you, you do. do. You
1: definitely do. <laughs> I, I do. Yes.
0: That'd be so fun. Well, well it, it, Dave, sometimes we just have that urge to do something. Like I need to do something today to my yard. Right. This is a great product. You can do it anytime. Yeah. doesn't matter when, if you just got that itch to throw something down, Absolutely. that's going to benefit your soil. It's a good way to do it.
2: So that's practicing for FERT. Now, the other thing that we get to do here, we get to go to Lowe's and we get to buy a couple of those awesome buckets that are blue. Or if you like Home Depot, you go and buy those awesome orange buckets. Always have a couple of those laying around, right? Always have those laying around. And it may sound anal, Jim, but we really need to measure this product out. We need to know how many actual pounds of the product we're putting into our spreader. Because when we get to the fertilizers and the high nitrogen starter fertilizers, and even more, when we get to seed, seed is expensive. If you're not measuring and putting it down correctly, you're not only putting down too much or too little, but you could be throwing away money. By doing too much, you can actually put too much grass seed down in your yard. If you're overseeing, it'll, it'll all grow, but when it comes springtime and it all pops back up, it can choke each other out. You don't want to put down too much. You don't want to put down too little. So we need to measure. And somewhere in this crazy pamphlet I've created, I've got a $14 scale that I found at Amazon. I think it's a fish scale. But the reason that I bought it is I can hold it up and I can measure the weight of my bucket. My, I, I think I have the, I think I, it's just a generic silver bucket. My generic bucket is 1.74 pounds. And when I weigh my bucket, I can tap a button that'll zero my scale. And then I can put scoops in there and it it won't measure the bucket anymore, right? It starts at a negative 1.74. So all you're measuring is the product. You're not measuring the bucket again. It just helps your brain because your brain is running through all these numbers of pounds and square foot. And what am I going to do? And don't want to get this wrong. It just, it kind of helps you get through that part and get through it accurately.
1: I like, yeah. The fish scale is a good idea. Never would have thought to use one of those with that. You know, the, we all have a bunch of them. The Lowe's bucket. I, I pretty much grab one every time I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like, might as well, right? They're they're you use them for everything. Yeah. 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 Smart to use that scale and, and zero it out, and then you then you know exactly down to the
0: absolutely. You know, when yeah. when you say a fish scale, you're talking about one of those that you kind of hang up. It's and not hang the stretchy
2: something. scale one. It's okay. actually electronic. Okay. It's it's electronic because it's okay. got those buttons on there yeah. where you can yeah. measure your bucket and zero that bucket out, and then. Then you're just measuring your product. And one of the biggest ways I use it is, Jim, the worst thing for a pool is fertilizer. So when I throw down fertilizer by my pool, I use one of those little handheld dudes. I don't know if you guys have got one of those where you just kind of rocket your uh, your uh, fertilizer out. Mm-hmm. Those are the best for little small areas that you want to do. If you don't want to be pushing that big spreader around, I'll just measure that whole hand spreader it's just a a mechanized hand spreader i'll measure the whole thing zero that weight out and then start throwing in the humic dg or the the fertilizer and then i know you know because i have this one spot that's 500 square feet it's just this little bitty spot i'm not gonna roll the spreader out for that i literally could take a handful run over to it and throw it right Mm -hmm. but i like to get out there with my little and they even make a a battery operated one for 20 bucks. So.
1: No, you've got me, so, you've got me so excited to mow <laughs> like uh, on uh probably tomorrow night. Actually, I need to do it tomorrow night and get out there and at least do one pass. Cause I'm like, Jim, I've been busy and the grass has gotten really long. Cause that the, the fertilizer hit and everything is just, it's yeah. gotten tall. So get out there, probably do one pass tomorrow and then do a nice, the full mow on Saturday. I'm like you, um, I do try and mow twice a week doesn't happen all the time, but I'll do my full edging, blowing, Mm -hmm. you know, the the three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour mow that it is on Saturday. And then hopefully during the week at some point, I can just get on the mower real quick, not care, and and go as fast as I can.
0: Dave, you know what I'm thinking we ought to do? Um, We ought to finish up some spring stuff. I kind of want to ask you, like, okay, from what you haven't covered, what are the final spring things? So be thinking about that as we think about that. Then we ought to have you back on... You know, as we, it's, you know, maybe uh, mid June. Yeah. We, and, we can do it again. Start thinking about, like, okay, it's summer. What should I be doing yeah. now in summer? Because there's a, there's a whole bunch of different things. We can kind of talk about it from that perspective. So when we think of spring, and we're kind of, for, for a lot of folks in the South, we're beyond spring. For us up here, we're still dealing with winter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very Apparently. true. Apparently, no, it's still spring, right? It's still spring. The grass is fine with it. Anything well, else you'd add? Well, to, right, to right
2: now, everybody should have thrown out their pre-emergent. Mm-hmm. And the pre-emergent is what it's going to do is when the, when the ground temperature gets to 55 degrees for six days straight, the crabgrass seeds are going to wake up and start growing. And what the pre-emergent does, it, it just lays there, creates a nice little barrier in your soil. And when the crabgrass starts growing, it just kills it right instantly. It doesn't stop it from growing. Those seeds are still there it just prevents it from growing up into our yard.
0: Okay, wait a minute. 55 degrees 6 days straight. Does that mean I'm we're past it? Only people in I
2: would say the Michigan Upper but Peninsula.
0: Let's just say I wanted to do this next year, right? I'm preparing, I'm thinking about this. How do I know what temperature like are you actually I mean how are you know how do you know what your temperature soil is? Yeah, it's it's a
2: where I'm I'm getting lost in my own notes. What I do is I do two things. So sometimes even your uh, ag extension office of your local university will have an application online. I use one online that where you can look at your zone and see what your soil temperature is. And they take averages from different people around, um, around the area. The low tech way is to go to one of the drawers in your kitchen and find the meat thermometer that you poke into the meat and make sure that the pork chops are 165 degrees take that when your wife's not looking and go stab it into the soil three inches deep it will do the same thing and if you're on video jim has got the multi-use digital meat thermometer for 1095 and you can measure your soil temp jim
0: Do you do that, Dave? Is that what you Absolutely. do? That's the, measuring your temperature of your soil is what started this conversation, by the way. <laughs> That's When right. you said you were doing that, I was like, what the, what are you, serious? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did you do it a certain time? Did you do it the same time every day? Did you, What? what what's your routine on that? What do you do?
2: Just once a week. Okay. And there's no rhyme or reason. You just want, what we're trying to do is just prevent weeds from growing yeah. by okay. putting down a simple product Uh, It's called pre-emergent. You got to get it down at a certain time in the spring. So it's down and ready for that, that growth to happen because it'll happen fast, but you can help yourself with some online uh, temperature programs. Uh, Michigan State University, I think it's Michigan State has a great program for temperatures. There's a couple of other little programs, but I like to, I like to know what my yard Is doing
0: yeah no locally there none of
2: those programs know unless you can you know put the meat thermometer in
0: yeah and you could with this you could have a Bluetooth if you had a meat thermometer that was attached to a Bluetooth sensor you could do the same thing right you could use sensors that a Joe in the chat room is saying it'll pop up here in a second this could be monitored with a Raspberry Pi and a DS 18 B 20 sensor and, you know, you could get really, really, really high tech about it. Dave, if I'm throwing down, if I'm overseeding, and I'm a big fan of early spring overseeding. In fact, I throw, I just throw seed down in February or March to let the snow push it into the ground. And that snow water and the weight will bring it to the, to get that dirt to seed c- contact so the seeds can grow. That pre-emergence is going to stop that, right? If Absolutely. If I, okay. Absolutely. So we have to be careful. And you've just
2: touched on one of the most controversial Do I do it in the spring or do I do it in the fall? And honestly, I'm all for the fall. You can do all of this in the fall. Um, The temperatures are easier on you. Your seed's not going to lay there all winter long. And you can do the thing like core aeration. You can do a starter fertilizer. You have plenty of time to let that grass seed grow, get strong, throw down your winterizer fertilizer, and you're done. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way you can do a pre-emergent in the fall as well as a pre-emergent in the in the early spring as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just it's a timing thing. You could also, if you get your, depending on what conditions you are, if you can get your seeds to sprout, if you can get your grass seeds that you put down early. Again, I'm a big February, March fan of that. Mm-hmm. I've even been known to throw them on top of the snow, and the snow will take them down. If I know <laughs> we're gonna get some hot temperatures, in other words, mm-hmm. if it just snowed and it's gonna get warm throw that seed on top of the snow and the snow will actually take it into the ground as it, as it melts down with you. It's a great way to get that soil contact. I'll wait. If I'm going to do pre-emergence, then I will wait until I have visible signs that those seeds have sprouted. Now it's a little late to do it sometimes in that way, but you can catch here in Nebraska, you can pre get catch some of those pre-emergence coming up and slow some of it down in the process. Yeah. But if you don't need to seed, if you don't need to overseed, Man, that's that's a super handy technique to get that pre-emergence down in the spring. Yeah,
2: spring is so much harder to do. Fescues yep. have a seven to ten German seven to ten day germination yeah. rate. Yeah. Kentucky bluegrass twenty one day germination yeah. rate. yes, very yeah. hard to grow Kentucky bluegrass and get it growing in the spring. So you kind of do it in the fall, and you'll you'll have good luck. Mix in uh, a little perennial ryegrass, and you'll have a
0: beautiful yard. Yeah, I had some really good luck this year. We had some spots I put in some new landscaping, and just destroyed the grass and where it was and, and there was a spot, uh, during the, during the winter or during well early, early spring that we got so much rain and then it actually cracked the, you know, how, it, when it dries out and it, And mm-hmm. so I just took seed and started putting it in all those cracks. Like yeah. I was like, yes, I don't have to do anything <laughs> spreading it in. And guess what? It's all grown in those. I mean, it is, it is really taken this year. Yeah. So it's I've done it well.
2: two years in a row and I really like and promote seed to soil contact and I will throw thin layers down of topsoil mm-hmm. as well as a product called a pen mulch. And that's a, a pellet pelletized mulch for the grass. Once it gets wet, it creates a little cover and it'll hold that seed down and hide it from the birds. And yeah. um, it's a really great, it's it's a lot of fun to do in the fall. Is yeah. And it, it all starts with that garage notebook and your one note. Right. You'll plant it out and you you know i'm going to do this and this and this and this and yeah and um but-
0: the dif- the difficulty of fall seed is leaves are your enemy mm-hmm. at times and so if you spend all this time seeding and then you don't get your leaves up that they they will kill it every time and so you just have to be vigilant about getting out there doing it. i'm i'm not so i kind of use the snow technique in the spring that's what works for me I think the key is finding what works for you. That garage notebook, those experiences, mm-hmm. trying some things out, right, um, is what works. Mike? Absolutely. And uh, to our next topic, and we push. Let's push the grass into
2: growing, right? right. It's, it's, we've practiced, right? It's time yeah. to throw down some nitrogen. And I kind of want us to take our hats off to Milwaukee. We, we drink a lot of Milwaukee beer. <laughs> you, you've got a shandy. You know that's that's Wisconsin beer right there, right now. Milwaukee's finest fertilizer comes from the great citizens of Milwaukee, in a product called malorganite This is a product you can get at Home Depot for about sixteen bucks a bag, and this is what's called a biosolid, fellas. So what happens is they take Milwaukee's best sewage milwaukee's poo and they process <laughs> the it's like it's like making whiskey right you don't drink you don't drink the mash you drink what came off of the mash and that's what malorganite is and that's what we're practicing for the analysis of a malorganite is a 640 so six nitrogen four Uh, phosphorus and a zero potassium. Now four phosphorus is a little high. If you listen to the earlier segment about uh, what I was talking about with phosphorus, but it's a very low risk fertilizer that will really punch your grass. It also has a little bit of iron in it and iron is really good for your grass to turn it a nice green. And sometimes it's a little bit of a bluish green And it makes it just pop. And the other thing is, is it smells fantastic. It is, it's called the smell of success. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know, you're putting down Milwaukee's (laughs) finest fertilizer on your yard. After you're done, it does have an aromatic waft to it. So if you're, CFO or your kids, you know, kind of push back after you've put down the Milorgan, <laughs> graduate to a new
1: product. But it does kind of smell. Oh, that's I don't know if I'm more impressed by the product or the entrepreneur who said, you know what, Milwaukee, we can take all of our waste that's and make a killing
0: yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, we have Omagro too. That that is a lot of the our yard waste and stuff gets ground up, and they create their own, you know, their own um, fertilizer with it. Yeah. Gets mixed with some other things, and and you can buy that in bags here in Omaha. Omagro, I think, is what it's called. Omagro. Yeah. You
2: know, you'd be surprised, Jim. If again, I'm going to push you to your local landscape supply place. Go ask questions. Ask them for a low nitrogen organic product. They'll point you to something that has a four or a six or an eight, maybe even a 12 and that kind of stuff you can, you can really put down kind of heavy. You can practice with it. You're really not going to burn your lawn if you go to Lowe's Mm. and get a Scott's synthetic that is starts with like a 24 or a 30. That's what I tell people. Don't start with that stuff. Mm -hmm. I tell them, Stay away from it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Go to your landscape supply and get find someone that's got Lesco. There's a brand called Lesco that's made by different companies um all over the United States that they have some wonderful products. And you can even get organic products that have all of the humics in them, they have the charcoals in them, all different kinds of little grass vitamins and soil conditioners. You can really get some good stuff and it's Much cheaper than what you can do if you order stuff online, if you're listening to the YouTubers. Now, the YouTubers got some fine products that they sell. But this malorganite right here, if I'll tell you this, Mike, if you guys are, if you're not ready to practice with that $65 bag, you very well can get this $13, this $16 bag and practice with it. Its coverage rate is not very big. It's a 36-pound bag. It covers 2,500 square feet. So you still need to add that up and make sure that that's still a good plan for you and your your yard. Because you're thinking, oh, 16 bucks a bag. That's great. When you get home- You may not be putting enough product
0: down for your grass. But it'd be great for Mike, for you. You could buy a test bag, throw that in your, in the, actually in the area. You know, I think you have a sidewalk and then you've got that little strip of grass, right? Is, do you have, or does the sidewalk go all the way to the street? I can't remember in your.
1: Uh, Sidewalk goes all
0: the way to the street. Oh, All the way to the street. Well, maybe you have a spot in your yard that's small, right? And you could try, like, this is, you can do this with any of the fertilizers. Try, buy some of that and try them in a small spot and say, hey, how, do, how well are they working in my yard? Monitor them, right? Right. How yeah, well my side yard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great. Dave, hey. I love it. I, I, you've, brought, you've brought this idea of practice in, and I never really thought of doing that as yeah. practicing. Mike, I've cut you off twice. Sorry. No,
1: no, I, I hadn't thought of that either. But I just wanted to quickly add on to uh, Dave's point of using Google Maps real quick. So, of course, mm-hmm. as I started to like click around when, I was, when he was telling us about that, um, you can actually go to earth.google.com. And if you go there, you can if you do the measure option, you can actually start doing and it's called you can all call it a project. So you do like yard measurement project. And I measured off front yard, backyard, side yard, and I click on those on the left and it just highlights that section of the yard. And you can actually start to do like segments and save uh, save as a project. So nice. I I didn't know you could uh so that little there you go. I was on a journey there for about two minutes of trying to nice. through that's yeah. that. Side. Yeah. So you could even yeah. get you go really deep into measuring because what David said was like, oh, that's a good idea. Is actually doing the, the segments to figure out, okay, measurement-wise for thousand, um, thousand square feet to measure out stuff. Okay, so how how close am I to that? How close is my front yard, my backyard, my side yard to being close to that? And man, uh, you put me on a rabbit hole, Dave. I <laughs> it can get it can get crazy. I love you know, it. To tell you this, don't go to YouTube.
2: Just don't go. You'll never come out. You'll never come out <laughs> the same person ever again.
0: Uh, I, I watched the lawn rebel. Uh, Connor Ward is is kind of my guy. He's just nuts. He's crazier than yeah. a rose lizard. And but I just kind of watch it for the train wreck. Like he just, but he's really good. He has great looking lawn. And there's some things I've kind of learned from him in that. Yeah.
2: And no, you and can. So, I I, yeah. I threw them under the bus, but I no, you know, in my deserve it. <laughs> in my diatribe here, I have listed some of the folks that I have learned from yeah. and what I've learned from them. And you kind of take a little from everyone. And you kind of have to remember, like I said earlier, they're all trying to sell something, whether it's themselves or some type of fertilizer. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Some are, I would say, kind of snake oil salesmen. So you got to be careful. But I haven't seen a product out there yet that has been bad, Mm. honestly. I've tried a lot. Of different products, there's been times where I'm putting something in the front yard that's different than the backyard to see just what happens. Yeah, what happens? Yeah. If I I use, you know, just two different products, I've used melorgenate on the back and some type of chicken feed, organic chicken feed Mm -hmm. on the front, just to just
0: to try it. Or just chickens. Sometimes that works too. They're really good for your yard, by the way. Coffee is too. Coffee grounds are good. We used to. Get when Starbucks gave them away back when we used to go to stores, you could go to Starbucks and get their you know their expended coffee, let that dry out, and then sprinkle that in your grass. And of course, it's high in nitrogen, and it, and it well, it's kind of natural fertilizer. Um, Dave, I, you don't like it, but I'm a Scots guy, and I every year I wait for Ace Hardware to run their Scots deal, and I can get their four step program for. Sixty bucks. So it turns out to be, you know, uh, not too much. It it saves me a few dollars on the buying it in the moment, which I always forget to do, anyways. I put them in my shed, and I write down the dates. All right, on May fifteenth, I'm going to do this. On June thirtieth, on July, you know, August fifteenth, whatever. And that's been a system that works. And and my lawn likes it. I have less than five thousand square feet. It's one bag. It's a system that works. I've really liked it. I think the key on that is finding, and this is what I hear you saying, try some things out and find that thing that works for you mm-hmm. in your region. Brian. Yeah. 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 Um, be,
2: you know, ha- have the knowledge about your region, about your ground yeah. and, and go in with smarts yeah, and not just shooting from the hip. You shoot from the yeah. hip. you You can make a lot of mistakes very quickly with your, with your lawn and it can take, a lot of time to recover but if you do it right and you go into winter and you've done it all right all year long and all winter long when you come back in the spring you're going to have to mow
0: three times a week because your grass yeah.
2: is just going to be so happy and healthy it's going to be growing
0: like crazy yeah and that's a good that's a good place to be for sure all right let's plan a late june do you think uh, mid to late june summer lawn and what i want to hear from you is okay now we got through spring. What are we doing to protect the lawn in the summer? Because I think that's a completely different, I mean, some things are the same. Watering is more important. We're doing things to kind of protect it. We asked that question early on, do do I turn the water on to cool things down? How are our rain, how the rain thing's working? Where are we at from a water standpoint? And maybe even some tech to kind of think through, how do I know how stressed my environment is? There are some drought condition websites that you can monitor, that'll let you know just how bad is the drought in your area, and 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 what do you need to do? Can you would you do that if I if I ask you to do that? Would you come back? Yeah, and, uh, we might as well can. just just
2: keep it going, and we yeah. can kind of hit on what we've left off with here. Right. We can talk about um, fungicides. We can talk about grub control. We can talk about weed control, yeah. weed identification. Right. There's a lot. Right. There's a lot we got to do,
0: fellas. Yeah, and somehow the weeds <laughs> survive in the summer. And they like the grass is struggling and the weeds are just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Right. And you're like, I'm never watering this thing. Why don't the weeds go dormant? So I think there's some really great stuff to talk about, about summer conditions coming out of spring, going into summer. And cause how you set up your, your lawn in the summer really dictates how well it's going to do the next year. And so if you can conquer summer and prep it for fall Man, going into the next spring, you are mm-hmm. set. It takes you a whole nother year to do it, but the, those are kind of, kind of some key stuff. Mike, anything else? Any other questions? You've been, you've been, I've, I've watched you plotting and taking over the lawn world these while we've been doing bleeding. this.
1: I have. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those like fire hose of information. So trying, okay, what's my first step? But I like Dave, how you kind of walked us through, hey, like, these are the steps you need to go through, and let's just tackle one at a time. Right, and uh, so watering is is my first one, really, and getting that under control, and then and then looking at what can I do to add on to what uh, my my fertilizer people are already doing to make it even better, um, and then maybe even getting comfortable enough with the practice stuff you talked about to fully replace them if I get to that mm-hmm. point.
2: Yeah, I'll start with a soil test and see what see how healthy your soil is. It's yeah,
0: cheap. Maybe uh, for some folks, you know, if you are working from home or not, everybody got a chance to do that. There are still folks going into work who are, who are being very productive and very busy. Dave, I've actually found, I go out and see my lawn every day. It's been a great, it's, it's the five minute weeding method. So I just go out, not the five minute weed method, but weeding method. And I go out there and I just find two, two, you know, I grab, I had that weeder handy and I grab it on my way out. And if I see something, I stick them. I don't, I have zero weeds right now uh, in my yard because every day I do, you know, maybe three or five minutes of, of, taking those weeds out. They won't propagate. Now they're going to come back because dandelions are the most successful weed in evolutionary history, right? Um, they're going to come back, but doing them in little bits has really, really worked for me. Yeah. Right. That has been. It's yeah. Been kind of do work. it every day at 420. Yeah. 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 There, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering how long it would take us to get a 420 reference in on that as well. Okay. A couple of reminders on the way out. One, if you want to support the show financially, you can find us on Patreon, the average slash Patreon. Jump in our discord group, the average slash discord. A lot of great barbecue conversation going on. Listen, nothing better than grilling meat, looking at a green, well manicured mode yard, right? Yes, that is. God, there's just nothing better. You feel like a superstar right now. Uh, it may not that may not hold over the summer. So make sure you're staying close to us here we will be all those announcements going there. Uh, but make sure you've subscribed to us or you follow us on Eventbrite, theaverageguy.eventbrite.com. And uh, I post all the shows coming up. I'll post when Dave is coming back as well. So you'll know if you subscribe over there, you get a notification when I post that. And uh, you'll get that a couple weeks in advance. So kind of a great way to stay up. What's going on? The Theaverageguy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Let's get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know and you trust, plans as little as $10 a month for pretty rockin' hosting. And we we appreciate Christian for sponsoring us. He's done that for 10 years now. It's pretty crazy uh, that I've had my site on something of his for the last 10 years. So pretty crazy. Don't forget to download the app as while well. You're out mowing. It's a great way to stream the show when you're out mowing of the yard. You can do it as a podcast too, but HomeGadgetGeeks.com will get you there as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the ArchGuy.tv slash live. Rich Hay is here next week. You know we're talking about Windows, Dave. You know, you know that's happening as we catch up with with uh, Rich Hay. His life's changed a little bit, but he's still following all things Windows, and uh, we'll be excited to have him on the program as well. If you're listening live, we'll do a little bit of post show, so stay around for that. With that, we'll say goodbye.